Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets. Interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Decorating Pages podcast. I am your host Kim Wanup. Once again, I have ruined my voice. It's like it's like I don't even need my voice for anything, and I just ruin it. Um, I had a good reason though. I was at the Eagles Rams game, and um, they needed to hear me. So <laughs> I thought I'd hurry up and get this podcast in as soon as I got home from the game, because I know by tomorrow morning I will not have a voice probably. But it was worth it. See my birds win, totally worth it. Uh, it felt like a home game. There were so many Eagles fans there. It was insane and very exciting and just glad that we won. So yay, go birds. See you in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I uh, I think I'm going I think I'm going back to work soon. So I've really put a lot on my plate of stuff that I haven't gotten done lately and just been doing that. You know, it's like, oh man, I should have gone to the dentist. Now I got to do that. I should have got, I should have went to that doctor. Uh, I got to do that and kids appointments and dent and their dentist and all that good stuff. So getting ready to go back to work. Um, I have such a beef uh, to talk about and I know if I go off on this rant no one's gonna be happy with me (laughs) but um I have heard and I do believe it's going to happen and we all know this is going to happen I'm gonna be brief we all know that we supported the writers we support the actors we want everyone to be treated fairly and we want everyone to get paid for what they deserve and feel good about their jobs okay but where do you think that where do you think they're going to squeeze it from us that's where they're going to squeeze it from they're going to squeeze it from creative and I've already (laughs) already heard stories of departments and prep days and just cuts already to us and it's so disheartening because all we want to do is get back to work and start to create and barriers are going to be put up um, because of finances and hey man I'm not putting up the money either but I knew it (laughs) I knew it I knew it so it's disappointing I really it's just disappointing that um, 
I think it's going to happen a lot that budgets are going to be slashed, mandate power is going to be slashed, and it's all going to be more pressure on, let's say, I don't know, a set decorator um, who's just trying to get the set dressed for the first day of shooting. (laughs) So it's, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. How about that? I'm going to cut it at there. Let me remind you again that the International Design Week is coming up at the end of October, and there are phenomenal events that they are putting on. And um, you can check it all out at productiondesignweek.org. Um, there's so many. I can't even go into it, like a lot. Just hop on one of them. They're, they have a ton of um, Oh, classes about how to run your art department and 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 Jen Pascal is um, uh, hosting not hosting moderating <laughs> moderating a panel I got to moderate a panel um, it's awesome so I'm I can't encourage it enough I'm I might not even go back to work yet because I need to be a part of everything in that week of uh, production international production design week so yeah, there is also a little, uh, little voices that are starting to get heard and want to be heard. And I am one of them as part of the Hollywood set decorators. And we are now, um, I did not start this, a bunch of wonderful set decorators started up this, uh, hashtag empty without us. Cause you know how the costumers had, um, naked without us. And um, if you go on um, Hollywood Set Decorators on either TikTok and, I, and I'm sure Instagram also, you can see beautiful set dresses, set dressing of before and after pictures and how spaces would be empty without us. So um, I know I think Beth Wook, a set decorator, is one of them who has put this together. And um, I, I couldn't be prouder of, of everyone's work and just to show what exactly we do to the public visually is, is important. So you can check that out. And what else? What am I watching? Oh, got the sister wives. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. I can't take it. It's so good. Um, I just watched tonight's episode. Oh, oof. Um, I really want to start a podcast about sister wives. Would anyone hate me for that? I think you would. I don't think you're a sister wives crowd, but I want to talk about it. <laughs> I talk about their decor on my TikTok, by the way. If you want to laugh, I really dive into these people's houses, which I know isn't fair. But, um, yeah. Other than that, I am just going to give you a little tidbit because I've been talking up my own. Um, I'm putting out a film production design film study podcast and videos. And um, in the last two weeks, I have watched War and Peace. <laughs> yes. 1968 War and Peace. It's four different movies. It's over six hours long. And I mean, I know I'm not spoiling it. It's triumphant. It's amazing. The production design in that film is amazing. I cannot wait for you to hear the discussion about it. But um, I never, I thought, oh, War and Peace. I never read it in high school or college or anything. Yeah, I'll watch that one day. And boy, I will tell you, I am glad I did. (laughs) It is just, it gives me such joy to see these phenomenal sets and camera work and lighting and costumes. Oh, oh, amazing. Such amazing work. And it's so inspiring. And it makes me want to get back to work. 
a fully staffed department and uh, fully, fully powered manpower days. That's what I would like. <laughs> In this episode, I chat with production designer Brandon Toner Connolly about two of his recent projects, the critically acclaimed series Reservation Dogs and the very long-awaited sequel to one of the scariest movies ever made, The Exorcist Believer. Working for the past three seasons on Reservation Dogs, Brandon Setz captured the realism of indigenous teenagers in rural Oklahoma. We talk about location work, the respect of designing for this culture, and saying goodbye to a series that has been a part of his life. He gives us a couple hints about the design of The Exorcist Believer, which was released this past weekend, and taking on the design of this legendary film. It was uh, super nice to talk to him. I have not met him before. And uh, we had technical difficulties for a week because he was in New York and all that flooding and rain. And so um, I was glad to catch up with him this week. And I definitely will be watching The Exorcist. I didn't get to watch it before this episode because it hadn't come out. And I like scary movies in October. I really look forward to like TCM and uh, all the old old scary movies and the exorcist is on there so if you want to check out the original but check out the believer too i hope you enjoy some commercials and stuff for the rest of the year there's maybe a quick indie feature that might be popping up in atlanta uh, but overall i'm kind of committed to centering myself for the rest of the year and then you know yeah. getting into um uh, getting into things in january so do you so. like do you like location work I do. I think location work is kind of um, one of my favorite things about designing, actually, mm. which, you know, I do feel like um, one of my favorite things as a designer is just going to a new place and, you know, hopping into a car and kind of driving around and scouting. But even before kind of officially scouting, just kind of getting the lay of the land and figuring out yeah. um, what the kind of visual landscape is like um, and the cultural landscape also. So. Um, I do like working on location and, and I love, you know, factoring that in when I'm thinking about projects and then, you know, I mean, in terms of working on location versus stage, I also kind of work like working on location as opposed to, um, working on, you know, stage is fun because you get to do what you want to do yeah. and, you know, incorporate everything and work with the DP and, and figure all that out. Um, but, um, working on location is so much, you know, so enjoyable also just because you get to actually interact with people who are outside of the sphere of like film and TV. And, you know, you kind of have all these ideas that you might necessarily not necessarily otherwise have even thought of, you know, when you're bumping into kind of real life and architecture and other things like that. And yeah. uh, I think it kind of forces you to be creative as well to disguise what you want to disguise or to, you know, to actually kind of add what you want to add to a location. So, yeah. so I'm a big fan of it. It's too, um, there's a layer that uh, location work gives to your project too. I mean, we can, we do that when we build the sets, but location work too, there's always like, oh, look at that weird, you know, window over there that gave us this lighting opportunity or this doorway that we have to, you know, closed up, which now makes the room look much better or something, you know, it's like, we, we're yeah. given these opportunities on, on locations that I think we all take advantage of, which is really nice. No, exactly. And I like to, I mean, I like to take inspiration from, from the locations that I scout also. Like I think for reservation dogs, a yeah. big thing was like, you know, I hadn't spent too much time in Oklahoma and I was scouting these homes that were very close 
culturally and location wise to the ones that we ended up using. So, you know, I would just love to, when I'm scouting a house, actually ask people, you know, Hey, do you mind if I take a picture of, you know, the, the family photos that you have on the wall or like the cereal you have on top of your fridge or, you know, the Bible quote on the fridge or different things like that. Um, just so I can kind of get inspired by all those little details and then put them into our sets and kind of reconstruct them that way. So, which is nice. So you, how long were you there? Do you, you were there for three seasons of this, correct? I mean, how long were you in Oklahoma? (laughs) Are you an Oklahomian now? Are you an okayed? Person? An honorary, honorary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I was there for, you know, we basically prep would start in like February and then we would wrap it up in like the middle of like June. Um, so, you know, I was there for um, maybe like five months out of the year, you know, mm. three years in a row, um, which was interesting. I mean, I've never, I had never done like a TV show before. Uh, so I had never really had the experience of being like, oh, I'm going to come back to all this. Normally you, you do a feature and then you yeah. wrap and then move on. And then now it's like, oh, wait, like I get to come back and, okay, see these people and see, you know, all these places again and get into that. So I, I actually really enjoyed that, getting able to, you know, feeling like a family and like you're part of a community like that, well, which too, I know you have a lot of experience with also. Yeah. Well, too, I mean, what I like about it is the growth of characters and the growth of the characters in their spaces and how we can do that and like more pictures in the fridge or like, oh, I don't like that poster in my room anymore and they change it out or, you know, subtle things like that where we can have growth with the character. I always really enjoy that too. Totally, and I'm a big fan of your work, by the way. No, oh, thank you. And everything else especially. <laughs> thank so, you. Um, no, but I mean, that is, yeah, you're right. That is a fun part and how it's something that you hinted at in one season, you know, you get to explore um, in the next season. And I feel like we try to do that in the show also bring back, you know, a couple of either smaller details or kind of smaller visual cues that, you know, we may have briefly mentioned in another episode and, and didn't think we'd ever really get to explore. And then yeah. you're like, oh, actually, wait a minute, this would be yeah. the perfect opportunity for me to throw in this thing that maybe nobody will care about except for me but I think it's really funny or really fun no I the sets to me are so authentic because I dived a little bit into Native American research and everything on Rutherford Falls and I worked with Jenna and Tesla um on on that show and they were doing it almost at the same time and um I almost was like I'm (laughs) I'm not gonna watch Red's Dogs now because I don't want to, I don't want it to influence me. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it's a half hour comedy and it's completely different. But in my mind, (laughs) I was like, I don't want that. But Jenna was like super helpful and hooking up with like, cause we needed specific skirts and like things like that. And I became part of all the Facebook groups and trying to get authentic pieces and everything. So I know the struggle of that and I know the preciousness of these items that that you know they have in their in their tribes and communities and everything so um i wanted to talk about how you integrated them uh, or those pieces into your designs like the murals or like their bedrooms and and things like that i love their bedrooms by the way i'm like i love those Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Um, no, I know exactly what you mean about not wanting to watch it while you're doing the other yeah. show that, you know, has yeah. similar uh, points where it's just like, I feel the same way uh, when I'm working about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from the beginning, um, kind of, I 
concept of authenticity and the concept of making sure that it, it felt right for the community. Um, you know, I'm a huge believer in that. And, and I read this quote by Lily Gladstone, actually, um, a couple, like maybe I guess a couple weeks ago now, where she said, the work is better when you let the world inform the work. And mm. I was like, yeah, I mean, that I, I, that really summarizes um, yeah. some principles that I believe in. Um, and from the beginning, I wanted the crew to be made up as many people from the community as possible, um, just to ensure that what we were doing kind of felt true. Yeah. Um, you know, within the art department itself and the set tech department, but also in terms of collaborating with artists from the community. Like, um, you know, we had a, a mural done outside of um, the IHS, uh, the, the kind of health clinic location done by a local artist named Yannicka Starfields. And he came in and made this beautiful mural for us that kind of satirizes um like is that you know, the wheat um, field is that the wheat field one the green totally yes yeah, that's yeah. the one where it's like you have these characters who are supposed to be like settlers like gifting yeah. like medicine like indigenous peoples and it's really nice because it's done in like this strange perspective too where you know he's an amazing accomplished and you know um incredible artist but he kind of did this mural in the way where it's like the eagle that's in it looks kind of very flat or you can only <laughs> see that it has one eye yeah. it all looks like somebody who you know was from the world of the show doing it uh not like a highly trained artist right. um, and that was really nice and then um you know molly murphy adams who uh is an amazing academic and uh beater um, and, you know, beat artist, um, you know, when it came time for us to use the beat of medallions and different things, like, you know, she was a big part of the show and came in and was able to help us out with that and kind of guide the way. Um, and Johnny Daikon, who's a great artist, who's a, another kind of painter from, from that area. Um, he came in and, and did this, I had a crazy idea based on something that I saw on a scout that was like, well, what if we added this Buffalo mural to the conference room at the IHS or the break room? And, you know, I thought it would just be kind of a, a very unsubtle idea. Um, and he came in and made this incredibly subtle and incredibly kind of beautiful uh, and moving yeah. like a uh, large scale mural piece that uh, Alora Dannon sits in front of in an episode this third season. And uh, so I think it was, you know, just through kind of involving uh, a lot of artists both, you know, outside the art department and within the art department, um, that kind of helped me maintain that sense of authenticity. And, and like you said, I mean, it's, there are so many objects that are so kind of, uh, precious and, you know, I think working in Oklahoma, one of the challenges was there aren't really, you know, prop houses or there aren't really right. those kind of resources. Um, but it's also kind of an asset because then, you know, it's like, okay, it kind of forces you to actually, you know, look into well, renting things from people in the community yeah. or, you know, sourcing things, a lot of Facebook marketplace, a lot of, you know, Craigslist, I mean, a lot of like, there wasn't anything I could rent because everything I've, I, I rented a lot when we spoofed uh, Yellowstone, but like, <laughs> <laughs> um, there wasn't anything I could rent that was off, like correct for their tribe, correct for the period, like correct in any way. So yeah, that to me was like, oh, I, well, I got to know my shit here. Like I had to know all these <laughs> tribes, even though it was a made up tribe, it was still like of these three and it could only be from this area. And, and even just color placement on like the beads and everything tells you where the tribes are or, you know, the blankets and the symbolism and everything. So the ve it's very intricate and I appreciate so much uh, how you and the, and the decorators really, uh, you know, meticulously have a lot of detail in there to tell um, the story behind these people. I love it. 
No, thank you so much for that. Um, that means that means a lot to me. And and yeah. I feel like, you know, our decorator in the third season, Tava Sampson, she was um, the assistant decorator for the first two seasons and was a big, you know, part of those as well. And she, you know, um, has a lot of, has relatives in that community. Um, and specifically in Oak Mulgee, where we shot um, a lot of the show that's supposed to be occurring. And, you know, that was great just in terms of making that connection and making sure that what we're doing um, really kind of rung true and and that we were getting things that you know that you really kind of were sourced from the place that you're kind of trying to create from the world that you're trying to create yeah. so that was nice um and i feel like we did this thing on the show where um like you know obviously creating the sets we were thinking about the viewers and like the people at home also um but just because everything was so intertwined and because on the crew and the cast and everybody was kind of, it felt like such a community making the show so specifically to that community. Um, we were also kind of equally thinking about the people who would be there, like when we were shooting it. Um, so like the crew from the community or the cast or the people down the block who might stop by to watch filming, which, you know, everything was always kind of very open. Um, so, you know, I really wanted them to feel like the spaces were right. Um, and that, you know, they were kind of being affected by the choices that we were making in a positive way. Um, so, I mean, to that end, like season two, we did Mabel's house, which is a Laura Dannon's grandmother's house. Yeah. And, that was like kind of a bottle episode all in, you know, her house and Mabel, her grandmother is dying uh, kind of on her deathbed. And so the community has really come together to kind of send her off. And the whole episode is going to be just a Laura Dan and dealing with that and also dealing with having so many people in the house and, you know, making sure that she's kind of being supportive and doing the right things. Um, and so, you know, I mean, just with that, we knew that, um, you know, the mood had to be just right both you know what came across on screen but also just for the performances as well and for everybody who was kind of in the house so we wanted to make sure that the objects that we had decorated it with kind of resonated with the cast and the crew and especially mabel's bedroom her bedroom that... is fantastic I, I i have a picture of it i was like oh my god look they got the stick like i was like oh yeah the stickers and this and like i kept looking at it because i screenshot it and then i found a good picture of it and then i was like oh yeah and then the mismatch and you and then there is a quilt on the bed but it's not like it doesn't stand out like she has a quilt but like there's one there it's very subtle and i just was like damn this is good this is really good this bedroom <laughs> <laughs> oh man thank you so much for saying that oh, yeah. uh, no that's you know i think that room was really important just yeah. because of what was going to happen um in it obviously and we did you paint that uh yeah paint yeah the room it's deep purple um, it's a deep deep purple right yeah yeah so yeah. um and um painted that and you know we kind of relied on a lot of well it's funny you know tavo is really instrumental in that obviously um she kind of you know, it's funny, like the photo that you see in, well, I guess um, <laughs> we had one thing on the wall that's called, that we called the board of hunks. That was like, you know, basically like she had found it at her aunt's house um, and her aunt lives around there. And it was like photos of like John Bon Jovi and like Marlon Brando. <laughs> and like, so we were like, oh, this like actually exists. And it's like such a, a nice way to have like, you know, uh, in this somber scene and in this somber space have like somewhat of like a little bit of like a, a goofy personality um, kind of indicator and talk about the character a bit and what she might have been like when she was younger. And so we cleared that and put that there. And, 
you know, I mean, otherwise we actually, um, we asked the crew if there was anyone in their family who had passed that they wanted to honor. And we kind of received this original painting and artwork from uh, Neosha Pendergraft who's in the prop department and her mother is an artist. And so she gave us a piece of her mother's who had passed away. And we put photos in there from uh, Lauren Waters who was in the casting department and Tava's father, his like school photo is the one that's in like the lampshade kind of like right next to her bed. so we kind of had to, you know, we, we tried to include as many of those authentic details from people who were on the crew um, as possible just to make it, you know, emotionally viable. Um, I, and then, I looked at those pictures on the lampshade and I thought, fuck, that's good. But uh, wouldn't, they, wouldn't they get really hot? Like I started to <laughs> analyze it as like, would I have, I don't know, they, they must have seen that in someone's house and did that because to me, I'd be like, I'm not putting pictures on here because they'll get hot and burn or something like I I was drawn right to those pictures on the lampshade. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. <laughs> no, I think you're totally right. And that's kind of, I think we actually had that conversation also. We were just like, wait a minute, like, is this like plausible? Like, yeah. is this? And then we were like, then we're like actually, no, like, we did see this in somebody's house. Yeah. Like, that works like, the oh, research okay. you get from going into people's house is fantastic. Yeah. And, and someone who's uh, lived there a long time, which I'm assuming when you went to locations there, people had lived long time in these places. Did you build any of them or are they all location? Because that's hard. No, those, no, sorry, what were you saying? Because that's hard. Like if you didn't have any builds, like what were your builds? The community? Yeah, one? it was all actually. So basically all of those home interiors are all on location, which wow. is, you know, kind of how they start off in the very beginning. Um, which is, I mean, on the one hand, it was great because, you know, you get the feel for the space. And also um, those houses are all part of, you know, tribal housing. So it's housing that's subsidized by the tribe. And the layout is very similar, if not identical, through like all of the houses in the neighborhood. So I felt it was, you know, it's nice to actually have that and that, yeah. okay, anybody who knows, you know, what this layout is or who grew up in that house will kind of feel, okay, this is authentic. Like I, I, I feel at home in here. And, you know, talking to some of the, the showrunner and a couple of the people that are like, yeah, like it's basically like, you know, you go over to your friend's house and you know where the bathroom is because it's the same layout as like your home. <laughs> um, so that was nice. But, you know, on a practical level, it was, I mean, you know how it is. You're basically so kind tight. of, when you're on a thing, it's great. But when you're on location, it's like so tight. every single time you're moving in and out, you have to move the homeowner stuff out, dress everything. Then, so you know, bad. restore it. I feel so, so yeah, bad so, sometimes. So that was just logistically. Like... <laughs> so that was just logistically a challenge over and over. But um, which you know kind of strains your logistics otherwise because you're like you know again if you're on a show and you have stage time then you're kind of like all right that's our home base like we yeah. get that time off Reset. per episode <laughs> exactly yeah so but you know for us it was always like okay so today's three locations tomorrow's three locations the next day two locations that's our home base that's like our break um, so it was you know. And then it was the last season, the third season, we ended up doing a lot more construction and scenic work and kind of ended up, you know, um, still kind of doing things on location, but, you know, building like Maximus's greenhouse or, you know, kind of, uh, kind of completely redoing the interior of like an old hall for the dorm for the, um, for the boarding school or, you know, all kinds of things like that. So, what about, but, but almost what yeah. about uh, Uncle Brownie's house? I love, I love that pitch that pitch seal, uh, roof or walls and, and then the, the headers. And I was like, maybe this is, but you have, it looks right to outside. So I'm like, it's gotta be a location. 
Yeah, exactly. No, it is a location. And, um, you know, it's funny. We, we scouted around for a while for that and then found that kind of A-frame cabin. And initially I was like, man, I wonder, and I, you know, asked Mark, the DP, Mark Schwartzbart, who's amazing. Um, the DP, I was such a friend to the art department and also just such an amazing collaborator. He's really um, good. This, this show is, is emotionally lit really well with, with yeah. what he does. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, and you know, just said like, okay, are you, are you going to think I'm crazy? If I take you to this place, are you going to like laugh at me? Or are you going to say, you know, this is impossible to, to do this? And, you know, no, he loved it. And, and we kind of went up there and, and Sterling and everybody else, uh, the showrunner and everybody else kind of loved it and, you know, kind of embraced the fact that, okay, it's an A-frame. So we're going to get this kind of different shape uh, at the same time. That's going to limit ourselves spatially, but we get also to look straight to the outside yeah. and get, you know, that kind of natural light coming in that way and get to be able to kind of see the world outside and do that. Um, and something about it felt kind of very Uncle Brownie like also almost yeah. like cave oh, yeah. almost kind of like very kind of small and you know um, and kind of dug in in that way so and then we had so much wall space to play with also in terms of like posters and different pictures. things too so, tons of yeah. pictures and articles and then that like giant um, like chief's head which is amazing amazing yeah. pieces the decorator did a fantastic job I love it yeah, the decorator that first season was Imogen Lee, who was amazing, and Tava was her assistant. Um, and they just they completely kind of crushed that one, and had so many great details, like great family photos, just called from you know Tava's family or from other people's family in the crew, and things like that. So, you know, just so many. And I mean, for me, I think. I, I love VHS and I love all those kind of like cultural kind of like objects. So whenever it's like we get the chance to like fill this out with like VHS and records and like other things like that, I'm like, yes, bring it on. Like I like to stay there for like three hours after everyone leaves, like hand being like hand selected <laughs> VHS tapes are like in the forefront and everything. So mm -hmm. um, that was really fun. That was a really fun one to do. Did um do you shoot is this like eight days? Is it like an eight day shoot with like a like a day overlapping overlapping day of course as we all have become accustomed to yeah well i'll tell you basically it was um four day episodes so we we're shooting what? an episode in four i know i don't i don't want to startle startle you for anyone but, you did yeah. my jaw is dropped wait a minute you did most did you block shoot we no, we didn't really block shoot at all. We kind of, you know, we had so let's say it was a, it was a, if it was a ten episode season, we'd shoot two episodes. We'd have five blocks and two episodes per block. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we didn't really go back and forth. We didn't do any block shooting. We weren't like, all right, let's shoot everything in bears here. Oh no, no, we'll that's what I meant. Like by episode, like two and two and two, like blocking it out that way. Yeah, but um, so wait, <laughs> so. <laughs> You had four-day episodes, and you kept going back to these locations. Could you keep some dressing there, or did you have to undress, dress, undress every time? You know, really every time it was undress, oh dress. You know, and, I know. Was, oh, my God. And it was I'm funny, out. Like, <laughs> I'm out. Don't call me. Don't. I mean, you're just done, but, like, oof, that is no. a lot. Because was, these sets uh, are so layered. Like, it's not yeah. like, oh, we're just throwing a bed in there and like, oof. Mm. No, it was, I mean, it was a real test of endurance. You know, the, the lead crew, especially, what a bunch of heroes, just kind of doing that yeah. over and over again. Bravo. And we get to the point where, you know, in the end, 
I would, you know, I'd be like, do you guys even need the restore photos anymore? Like you've done this like 10 times. Like you can just, aren't you just doing this like based on memory at this point? And they'd be like, yes, for the yeah. most part. Like they know exactly where, you know, the homeowner's like bread box is and everything. So well, that's some good dressers. You had a good crew then. That was, that is an endurance run right there. <laughs> every fucking, every like three weeks redressing like six sets. It's like, oof. Um, how, how did, did you... Are you sad that it's done? I am really sad, actually. Um, yes, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't think that I would be sad. I thought that I would be like, because I'm, you know, I'm used to being like, all right, whatever. Like, we wrap the feature, we move on. I'm going to be sad for a little while. Then yeah. I'm going to move on. It'll be fine. Um, and then I'll be on to the next one. But I think, you know, wrapping that, I was like, oh, yeah, this was like three years of, yeah. uh, of a commitment to this thing, which, you know, kind of really piled up and, and in a very specific place, you know, it's, you know, it's not like I was shooting in New York or something like that. I was, you know, I was Isolated, going to. Isolated, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so for that, it was kind of like, okay, I am sad to not have that to look forward to. I'm sad not to be like, oh, okay, in a couple months, I'll go back to Tulsa and hang out with Sterling and hang out with, you know, all these people and do that and kind of do this again. Mm -hmm. um, so that was it. But I think, excuse me, I think it was, you know, the right time for, you know, for Starlin and for everybody to to kind of move on. It, I think he said, you know, it's a coming of age show and like they have to come of age at some point. And it's like, yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, was, I was really surprised ending at three. I could see like doing four or something, especially because yeah. it's so popular. I was yeah. really surprised that it ended and bummed because I, so I didn't watch it. And then I was like, oh, and then I've had this time off and I like, I caught, two episodes like in the springtime and I was like All right, I'm gonna come back to this because it's kind of it's right up my alley because it's kind of like sarcasm and realistic like I really liked it and then just like binging it in the last couple of weeks it's like it's such a good show I'm, I'm really bummed it's over the, the actors are so authentic it's crazy that they're acting to me it just seems so natural and almost like a documentary and just the realism that you've put into the sets and the lighting and the costumes and I know all about all like it's just really it's a really good put together show it's something to really be proud of I loved it oh thank you so much yeah. um no I mean that's that's so nice to hear you say that and I feel like you know that's the goal um in terms of that sense of realism and authenticity and um you know just to to never you know ideally have it be questioned um and we it's funny i was when i was doing an, another project between like seasons two and three somebody who's working on that project with me was like oh man you do reservation dogs and express that they're a big fan of the show and they really like it you know and that they love it and the world seems so real and authentic and and they were like don't take this the wrong way but like what do you do like what do you actually See, do that's <laughs> a compliment that's the biggest compliment exactly. that's it that's how i take it i um, always say that like if they were like oh you shot that all in a hospital no it was an empty room and we made it a hospital like that's that's the compliment that's the best part yeah. i mean obviously this uh, is more than a hospital but yeah no that's great uh, do, do, no do, it's not okay um, no i was gonna say it's nice to see like everybody like the actors even like kind of grow from like the first season to, like the third season and like deborah jacobs who plays laura dan and like to have her go from you know the first season to like writing the second season and the third season writing and directing an episode and everything awesome. it was cool to be able to work with with That's her in that way really awesome how um oh, i forget what i was gonna say i got distracted by the laura dan and thing because i caught that <laughs> I caught that it was a Willow reference and I actually had to look because I heard them say her name and then I was like, that can't be a Laura Dannon 
from Willow. Like I looked it up and then I like saw somewhere on some like fan page about like the whole Willow connection and everything. Did you have, <laughs> did you put any, I mean, any specific, was there written in to put Willow stuff in there or anything? No. Not really, no. I think that there was, you know, it was never really written into adding those elements. I think we just, you know, we tried to keep it subtle. Like we had like, you know, Willow VHS in, in Brownie's house somewhere like prominent. And I think for the second to last episode of the third season with Ethan Hawke, um, you know, her father, we joked around like, should we have like a Willow poster like oh or God. like some other like a Ron Howard poster like, you know, or some other, you know, um, kind of uh, directed film poster in his in his house and decided that it was kind of too much in the end. Um, but yeah, but there was always the temptation to <laughs> kind of add those little Easter eggs. Do you look back, do you have a favorite set that you did over the seasons? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's tough. I mean, there were so many kind of favorites um, to get into. I mean, I think one thing was, Okay, I'll pick one from like the earliest season and one from like the most recent season, if that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Probably, you know, the first one that I really enjoyed, the first one that we actually made for the show um, after the pilot, when we got into it, um, was the IHS. Uh, and that was kind of really special because mm-hmm. it was an environment that like, uh, it was instantly recognizable to people from the community, yet I had never really seen some like that specific space on TV um, or kind of like in a movie. So we had the opportunity to really kind of create something a little bit new there. And, you know, talking with each of the writers, they each had a story about spending a day like endlessly waiting at the IHS and drew on that for the episode. Um, and so we kind of wanted to... Um, you know, at the same time, we wanted it to be a warm space. People actually go there, you know, to hang out and have coffee and talk and everything at the same time. And right. so we wanted to give people the feeling when they were watching it that it's like, okay, you want the viewer to feel kind of lost and tired and bored, but also kind of a little bit sort of warm and, you know, communal in there. Um, and so, you know, we designed the color palette um, with these kind of, you know, interesting, I thought kind of like non-traditional hospital or non-traditional kind of like clinic colors that mm-hmm. still kind of faded into like a little bit of like, a feeling of malaise at certain points. Um, and then, you know, we had these cheerful PSA graphics, which um, Sterling called uselessly optimistic, um, like these anti-diabetes posters that are all in the rep- that are all in the real spaces. And we had to create those and, and make that, you know, funny enough, but also, you know, identify that it's kind of a sad thing also yeah. at the same time, just kind of like, you know, balance that edge to it. Um, and, you know, IHS also, we had an opportunity, like I said before, to collaborate with Yataka um, to do the mural outside and, and Johnny Dyke kind of do the mural inside. And Ben Brown, who's a, an artist and graphic designer uh, from Oklahoma also, he kind of created this Spirit Anatomy poster for us that's in the yes. background of a scene. Of, um, the first season where Spirit's actually in the exam room and on the wall behind him, there's this poster that's Spirit Anatomy and it's kind of like a human anatomy poster, but instead it's all the uh, various, you know, significant elements that make up his life force, um, oh, all those different cultural objects and everything. I didn't see, uh, I mean, I can picture that scene even, but I can't picture the poster. Damn, I gotta go back. No, it's pretty subtle. Like it's pretty subtle. It's kind of like on the wall behind him. Um, and you know, Ben really did an amazing job with it kind of as nobody else could have, or certainly as like nobody, you know, from outside the community really could have nailed it. So mm. that was a favorite set just because we got to collaborate with so many great people. And also, you know, I, we got to kind of establish a new sort of space um, on, yeah. on screen in that, um, which was nice. And then, I mean, I'm tempted to say the boarding school for the most recent season, but it, you know, it's obviously such an emotionally uh, heavy space. Um, 
it was definitely the most construction and scenic work that we had kind of put into any set, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the for the three seasons. But I think, you know, maybe Maximus's was kind of my favorite just because Maximus is like we shot it at the very beginning of season three and we really had to scale up um, to build the world of Maximus and his compound. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got to scout a lot of different properties until I ended up seeing one with this decrepit house that was about to fall over. And then realized that could kind of tell a story where, you know, he had lived in the house with his parents. And then after they had died, the place had kind of gone to disrepair. And when it was too bad, he moved into this trailer next door. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seemed like it, it fit with kind of Sterling's conception of the character and everybody's conception of the character. And, um, you know, so we were able to kind of build in um, that backstory to it. And then, you know, we had to transform this derelict trailer interior, build a greenhouse with all these eggplants, build this stone walled tin roof uh, shed for all of his. It's an intricate build. I mean, it's an (laughs) intricate storyline that you had to weave through the set, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) That was really cool. What was fun about it, too, is that, you know, okay, we have this property now. Like, I had to find a a place that gave us the opportunity to build all these different elements, and they have to be close because logistically, we want them to, we need to be able to move from thing to thing during the day when we're shooting. We're going to have two days to shoot all of this stuff here. Um, and then, but also aesthetically, it's got to seem like it's kind of spread out a little bit and they're not kind of right next to each other. So, right. you know, just finding that space was great. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. It was such an intricate world to kind of visually realize, which was what made it fun also. And, you know, I think that property just offered us so many great things, like not only in the house that looked like it was, you know, perfect for our purposes or kind of just added another element to it. But um, also there was this one kind of gnarled tree that really sort of like uh, had branches that kind of sunk down into the earth in front of it and had this natural kind of opening. And it just had this kind of mythological quality to it that I was like, oh, hopefully we can kind of incorporate this. And Tazbo, the episode director, like loved it when we scouted it and wanted to incorporate that as the, you know, part of Maximus's route around his property. And I just thought that was really cool. I gave it this sort of um, this sort of almost storybook quality. Um, yeah, definitely. But also the whole set itself is like, you know, it's kind of like a the set itself is kind of like a magic trick because when Bear wakes up in it, you have to feel a little bit afraid and feel like, okay, you know, he's kind of been kidnapped by this madman and he's <laughs> in this girl trailer. And then, but then later in the episode, you kind of have to feel like, oh, but it's actually this elder space and it's kind of warmer and more welcoming. And you can see Bear kind of like melting into it a little bit. And, you know, we couldn't really change anything in the space midway through. So we just had to be like, okay, the broad strokes are going to be this, you know, antique wallpaper that's really kind of vintage. And we're going to add this wood paneling that kind of makes it texturally a bit diverse. And, you know, maybe uh, also just gives like a visual imprint of the passage of time in there. And with all the newspaper all over the windows and everything else. And then at the same time, once we get into like the intimate character details, then it'll kind of tell the story of like, okay, this is a man who's a community elder who's living by himself. And this is what he, you know, does every day in the kitchen. These are his like small idiosyncratic rituals that he kind of like only he knows about and then only he gets into. So So it was really fun. It's a great set and it's a great piece of storytelling through the design of it. It's also a very... um, I think we have these sets in our careers that we think back to and I like I have some of like oh yeah like when I did that makeup mirror for this and we did the postcards or blah blah blah, blah. like or we did the drawer or I did the drawer with the president's letter like I don't know, like you you get so into these details and the story that you're making up for these characters it seems like that's going to be like definitely something to look back on and be like oh remember when I did that yeah let's try to implement something like this like 
So, yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think it's always nice to try and hold on to those things that you, you know, have from every project or especially the sets that mean so much to you. Um, well, nobody else is. So you got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. You're your own one man parade here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone quickly forgets. But <laughs> I know. Well, they do and they don't. I mean, that that is the kind of genius of like, especially something like, you know, it's going to be on Hulu forever. <laughs> probably you know it's like it's create these yeah. things and then they're like they're there forever it's awesome in a sense yeah yeah that's a great part of working in film and television it's just like the things that we're doing are going to last you know essentially forever so can, people can watch them can i uh can i ask about the exorcist speaking of like having like God, I don't know if I'd ever touch that project. I'd be like, the, the Exorcist? I'd be like, I don't know. I mean, was it was it at least fun doing horror? It was fun. Um, you know, it was, it's funny because really like the way that all of it timed out is like went like from the, right from The Exorcist to like start this last season of Reservation Dogs. Oh. And there was like, you know, like no kind of time in between. So it went straight from like, really dark horror and like all this stuff to like okay now we're in oklahoma and we're back into this world of res dogs and jump into it um which was you know a, a, a strange transition um i think you know the exorcist was fun and and one of the things that attracted me to the project is i love horror movies and mm -hmm. obviously i have so much respect and love for the exorcist which is just a great film let alone you know a horror movie or a horror film or anything yeah. um so and william friedkin of course um such an amazing director and so you know, and I also have so much respect for, you know, for David Gordon Green, for his movies and um, to get the opportunity to work at a totally different um, in a totally different world than Reservation Dogs and then other things that I've done, you know, to get the opportunity to work with, uh, you know, um, to work with, you know, David and to work on, you know, kind of a project that, you know, um, references the original, but is also kind of very much in its own world. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were so many times where I was just like, wow, I can't believe that I'm working on The Exorcist right, right. now. Like, how insane is this? That's what Boring I would be me. like. I'd be like, I can't believe. I mean, I have, uh, it came out today, so I haven't seen it. The only thing I could, I can ask you about while watching uh, the preview and everything is always I, when you work with horror, the color palette. Because you're yeah. either gonna, it's it's you know, and the and working with the DP, so that's kind of the only thing I can. I don't know anything about sets or anything, but to me, it's always striking about like how do you keep this darkness, but you gotta, it's gotta be you know, realistic and light and da, 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 it's a house. Or I don't know, <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that was a conversation. You know, Dave and I talked about that a lot, and and Mike Simmons and I, the DP, kind of talked about that a lot, and, and the costume designer also, Liz Wolf, um, just talking about okay, how do we make sure that it doesn't feel like a haunted house, or that it doesn't feel like you know anything that's like a, a Disney version of any of this. Like right. we want to make sure that it feels kind of grounded um, in the characters, and that it feels kind of you know that there's a sense of reality to it there. Um, and I mean, I try to approach every project like that. And I think that especially with this one, it's like, okay, we want to make sure that it's like grounded in the character's choices. So it's kind of like, I'm, you know, usually talking to the director and I was talking to David in this case about like, all right, obviously how long is he, how long has this character lived here? Like, was he living here with his wife um, at some point, you know, before it was just him and his daughter um, and, you know, who made those decisions about decorating and like, you know, 
was it a family member's house before that? Was it somebody that, you know, something that he and his wife, you know, bought and moved into? Are they renting? Are they own? Just what is the actual history of the space? And, you know, letting that determine, okay, well, it makes sense that there would be some older kind of wallpaper along this section over here that maybe he just kind of never really tended to, or that maybe kind of suggests, you know, the, the person who was there in the space before him, um, that sort of thing. And just trying to ground all those choices, you know, within the actual kind of characters and their decisions. Um, and then, you know, for me, I usually feel like also color palette wise, I try to approach it that way and then just, you know, see what kind of colors come out of that um, instead of looking at it and saying, okay, well, I feel like definitely like, you know, red or something. I think I usually can be like, okay, well, you know, what are the decisions that would have been made here? And then, you know, how does that conform to what we want to convey mood wise with the space? And then, you know, what's the, you know, the middle ground of that or what actually makes sense for that? Um, which is, you know, kind of how we went about it also and, and wanted to make sure that there were a lot of visual layers in the house. And, um, you know, about a third of the movie is in kind of the, the protagonist's house. So that was something that going into it, I knew was going to be, you know, that's our gigantic build. Um, there's right. that. And then there's also, I don't want to give too much away, but there is kind of like an, uh, there's a natural disaster. <laughs> there's a scene that implies that, that has a lot of destruction in it. Mm. Um, also that we, you know, knew that we were going to build some spaces for that, that would kind of match some, some other spaces that we had found or kind of reference them at least, um, so that we had the freedom to kind of completely destroy them, um, in a fun <laughs> and cinematic way. Um, and so, you know, going into it with that, you know, that was kind of our, I knew those were going to be like the primary kind of, you know, stage-based challenges. Um, and the other stuff in the location-based stuff was going to be, okay, how do we build the world of this community? It's set in a fictional town in, in Georgia. So, mm. you know. That was my other major priority is like, okay, scouting around for these things. It's like, if there's not, even if it's not in the script, what locations can I show the director? Can I show David that, you know, might help okay. him like visualize the world and build the world. And if they end up in there, great. And if not, then, okay, at least, you know, we can kind of all have this common, uh, you know, space in our head or this common universe in our head. that we can. Did you shoot to. in Georgia? We did. We shot in Atlanta. Um, and we went to um, to Athens to shoot some second unit stuff that was like a little bit of like some more like small town establishing since the town in the movie is supposed to be, um, you know, a little bit kind of definitely smaller than Atlanta and, you know, smaller than a lot of kind of cities in, in, uh, in Georgia. So, and, you know, and that was kind of the fun part also in the beginning is just like, all right, so our town, you know, I just made a document that was just like, here are like 10 different cities across the South, like ranging from like large city to like basically small town and like David here are like images of each of them and here's like the population and here's what the police car looks like in right. each of them here's what these things look like so like which of these do we think that our story is kind of situated in or like where do we want to be Smart. like on this map and then kind of straddled it that way and kind of started to get a, a sense of what we we're kind of looking at story-wise for the characters to get into it. um but yeah but we shot it all in Atlanta which I mean I the art department grew and that was amazing I mean I had an amazing art director amazing set decorator and just amazing everybody like the entire art department and prop department and everything was just astonishingly uh good awesome. yeah so did you so, how long was that shoot like three months two months you know i want to say it was three months but it actually ended up being closer to like eight months i think <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, okay. I, you know i got there in august and started scouting and then got there august uh september october november december and then January, February, and even into like March a little bit. So it was really about seven and change. Um, turned out, you know, we shot a lot of it in Atlanta and then went to the Dominican Republic and shot a bunch there, oh. um, you know, using the DR for Haiti. And that was 
really fun yeah, and also just great. a really you know amazing opportunity to be able to work there as well um with another top-notch art department that we kind of you know that we kind of recruited from the Dominican Republic oh, and but yeah it ended up being closer to seven and a half months uh rather than the, the three or four months that, that we initially thought it was going to be so that's either a nightmare or it's awesome. <laughs> I've been on shows and I'm like, I just want it to end. I just, I just want, please don't add another day. Don't add another scene, please. But yeah, so I hope it was no. good. I hope it was a good longer shoot. <laughs> it was, that's why it was crucial that I, that, you know, that I say the art department was so great because yeah. it was just like, we went got deeper into it. it was, like okay cool we're all just here for each other and also like i actually enjoy being around these people and and yeah. hopefully they enjoy being around me for the most part and so it was kind of like all right here we go another we thought we were you know we thought we we're gonna be done here but in fact no we've got another month and then all right we thought we we're gonna be done here and no, we've got another month and you know so everybody just kind of charged forward the entire time i don't I know i feel like the ad's lied to you or something <laughs> i don't know what your one-liner was but that doesn't seem it seems like someone was keeping secrets <laughs> that's I know. a hell of a yeah, swing <laughs> but it looks yeah. hey it's the exorcist do what you gotta do yeah. man <laughs> whatever you gotta do exactly i feel like there were things that came up that were just like you know some things were covid related some things were cast yeah. related some things were just like all kinds of logistics related that just i mean but yes i was probably lied to yeah. Uh, yeah. certainly <laughs> not in the <laughs> beginning but i'm certain sure after that yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, and thank you for rescheduling, and I'm glad that we, we got it together because it was just fantastic to talk to you and, and let you know how much I appreciate that work. It's a fantastic series. No, thank you so much, and thank you for yeah. taking the time to, uh, to yeah. talk to me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a fan of your show, and, and I was a fan of the, a couple of recent episodes I listened to, and, and Shane Fox especially. I thought that was a great. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. She's great. She's great. Really fantastic to uh, get to chat with him. He seems like such a, a really nice guy. And three years in Oklahoma going back, you know, and going back and forth to all of those locations and dressing and undressing. I am telling you, it's hard to do. I'm telling you, it's hard. I mean, I remember in parks going back to April and Andy so many times, like, ugh, you know, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's part of the job. And I love it, but it is a lot of like the resetting of sets and not everything's always quite the same or maybe something got lost or broken and you know that things like that happen. So it's always hard to go in and out of location. So I respect that a lot and um, just really nice to connect with him and hopefully uh, The Exorcist isn't too scary and I can get through it because I can't, but I am interested to see. Um, you know, uh, I think it's like two kids, which I, you know, how I feel about kids and, 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 you know, death and stuff. So hopefully they're okay at the end. <laughs> but, um, again, I'm really, really, if you, if you don't watch Reservation Dogs, at least check it out for the design, man. It's like watching a documentary. They really captured uh, a lot of nuances of teenagers and living, you know, reservation life and, um, just really fantastic. I, I really enjoyed their work. So um, I have, I don't know what I got coming up. What do I have coming up? I forget. I don't know. I'm tired. The Eagles won. That's all I care about. <laughs> I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Monup for Decorating Pages. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.